and I would come in and just close those like quick inventories. And that was what I did everywhere I went. I just learned the inventory. This is exactly what I instill in my agents now. I feel like so many agents are like, I'm a real estate agent. Well, it's like, who cares? You, what value do you actually bring to somebody? So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Today, I get to interview Ashley Oaks-Lazowski. I had to make sure that I tested that a few times because <laughs> it is an awesome name. When I got to read it, I was a little intimidated, but now she's here. Ashley, how's it going? Awesome. I'm doing great and I'm just pleased to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So your company, you and your husband are broker owners. What's the name of your company out there? First Class Real Estate Vegas Homes. And it is a national franchise and we own the franchise rights for Las Vegas or Nevada. Oh, that's cool. For all of Nevada, that's uh, how long have you been an agent? I've been an agent. I'll be 19 years this next year. So um, in January and I've been a broker owner for about 12 years. Yeah. So when you first got into real estate, so if I'm doing my math right, 2002, you know, the, so it's after, after September 11th and they really started to, by 2002, they started to really lower interest rates Mm -hmm. and trying to promote Essentially trying to jumpstart the economy again a little bit and try to jumpstart housing back then. What was it like? Do you remember what it was like your first year? Yeah, I was well, so a little backstory. So my husband and I are college sweethearts. He was a basketball player and professional basketball player as well. So we lived overseas um, for a little bit and traveled the nation as well. He played for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in Oklahoma City. And um, we decided to like hang up the basketball shoes and move to Vegas because we had some family here. And um, so I kind of was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, even though both John and I had college degrees. It was kind of like, what do you do? You know? And um, so I actually uh, got my real estate license pretty much the first few months we landed in Vegas and um, just hit the ground running. And I ended up getting on with a top team in Southern Nevada um, that did a, primarily a ton of new homes. Because at the time, uh, you know, Las Vegas is bo- booming, st- yeah. I mean, even more now, but booming with new construction and so much undeveloped um, land. And so new construction was the hot thing to sell. And so we basically, this is before navigation in the car. This is before we had the internet pretty much of, you know, where people had IDX search sites, we would get calls on a newspaper ad and we were like a boiler room. So we were literally 15 people inside of a room at Prudential and uh, just phone calls, phone calls, phone calls. And when I first started there, um, the manager was really big about only hiring people with college backgrounds. I don't know why, but he was. Um, And when I first started there, he put me in a little room and basically gave me leads that came from a trash can. And, um, and I converted several of them. And then he was like, all right, you're ready for the room. So then I got to go to the room and, you know, get all the the newspaper calls. Uh, it was pretty crazy. I didn't know Vegas at all. Again, this is before navigation. I had to print map quest directions or call, 
the, the room, the boiler room to get directions. If someone changed a house they wanted to see, I was like in a tailspin. Uh, so it was trying to figure out, you know, my bearings. I was trying to figure out real estate. And, um, but it was, it was definitely a boom of purchasing. People were buying left and right. So that was good for us. And, you know, the prices were so low. I mean, we were selling stuff in the like 150s to like 250 range. You know, you yeah. bought anything over that range. It was like a luxury property. Yeah. So. All that new construction from like 2000, 2005, 2000, yeah. even 2006, they were still building out there. So much mm-hmm. stuff going in. The How interesting too. So the, the boiler room setup, when you mm-hmm. first started, it was like, hey, you can come be a part of the team, but they're going to give you all the leads that have pretty much said like, no, 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 no. Right. Yeah. So he's like, you're going to train from calling these people first. Once yeah. you got good enough on the phones, then you could start answering those leads. And then how did it work? How did, so if you got somebody, if on that boiler room call, you're like, yeah. Hey, we're in, what was your splits like back then? What was the process like, uh, for what did the team get? What'd you get? So I think we were on 50, 50, actually, I think we started on 40, 60. So 60 to the team, 40 to us, which I didn't know any better. Honestly, I was just happy to be working. And I, I do have a good work ethic, especially from my parents. They're of entrepreneur background and it goes all the way back to my grandma, great grandmas. They're all in real estate and business owners. And so, you know, my dad always instilled really, really hard work ethic in us. So I didn't really care about that. I just wanted to work and I definitely got the experience that I needed, um, to be a good agent. And actually from there, I got recruited to go work for Daryl Horton. Um, I kept going to this one subdivision to sell properties because basically what you would do is you would have an ad and then you would pull two switch properties. So I had like a resale and another new construction I would pull. And then I had a folder and I had, you know, what they had available, who the onsite agent's information was, their phone number, all that. And so those are my switch properties. So I had this one subdivision I used as a switch property. And she was a lady probably like in her like mid to late forties, very um, polished, refined woman. And she um, took a liking to me and said to me, you need to come work in new construction. You would do really, really well. And obviously at the time people were like standing outside your door with a line trying to get, you know, new construction. And so I was like, absolutely. I would love to do that because new construction agents were making, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I went and I interviewed for the position. I showed up and that guy goes, you're hired. You know, you start on Monday. And I literally met him at a trailer on the side of Blue Diamond, which if you know, you're not from Vegas, it's a master plan community mountain's edge, which wasn't even built yet. And it was just in the middle of the desert. And there was a trailer there and there were six sales agents, me included with that, uh, three for each subdivision. And we just sold those out of that subdivision. I had people sleeping in tents in my uh, parking lot. (laughs) You would show up every day to work. And there was a line um, of people trying to get a property. So that was the mayhem that we experienced here in all the sand states too in the nation um, during the real estate boom. And if you lived in Arizona, California, Florida, Nevada, you experienced that. Yeah. I was a home builder back then in California and the, uh, and, and we saw it and we saw all those parts. It's really interesting to see kind of that, the, almost that, that thought on technology, yeah. right? So today, if, if somebody calls and in, they reach out to you for something, they usually, it's kind of like the ad, right? They, they've seen an ad or they've seen an ad somewhere else. Sure. They already have like seen comps in the area. They usually have a list of like 10 or 20. And you said that like back then you couldn't actually like research something. If you called yeah. and you didn't know anything about the neighborhood, there was nothing you can do. Today, you can almost fake it till you make it. Like while you're yes. on the phone with somebody, you can start like 
Googling an area yes. and like pull it up and start to like answer them along mm-hmm. the way. Um, yeah. but that switch property idea. So somebody calls on the ad and then you've got two other options. So it's like, yep. they want to see one. I'm going to show them three um, and from all the different versions. And then so how decision. often did you, how often did you close on people that you'd essentially go from a phone call to an appointment? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, this is a while ago, but I, I would think my rate was probably, you know, two out of three would close. You know, I feel like the value was there. And again, we had um, such um, prominent domination inside the newspaper. And, you know, the newspaper back then was the source. And so, you know, a lot of people really, you know, that know you like you trust you. Well, they knew us. They trusted us because we had those ads in there. And, you know, all I had to do was show up with personality and then they liked me. And, um, so, you know, it was, it was definitely like shooting fish in a barrel. It was a really, really good, um, opportunity, but as you can see, the new construction was even better of an opportunity that was really shooting fish in a barrel. Um, even though I really prided myself on taking it to the next level, I found that a lot of the agents that came on site during that time were like, we don't need to work at this. You literally can just show up and sell a house where I learned all the upgrades that were included. I learned all the lots. I learned all the models. I knew all the floor plans. I would go to the design center and like walk all the upgrades. I would get an idea of all the pricing. And when the market started turning, that's what set me apart. That's what kept me on with the builder. And then they started putting me in these um, properties that had like 30, 45 day closes. So they would start taking me into those properties and I would come in and just close those like quick inventories. And that was what I did everywhere I went. I just learned the inventory. This is exactly what I instill in my agents now. I feel like so many agents are like, I'm a real estate agent. Well, it's like, who cares? You, what value do you actually bring to somebody? And, uh, and that's, I think that's a lost art. And I feel like if agents don't continue to use that, they are going to get left behind because there is so many resources online. People don't need us. You show up to a listing appointment nowadays, they already know what their house is worth. And that's the first question I ask them. What do you think your house is worth? Because, yeah. you know, you, they already went to, to Zillow. They already know what their estimate is. I want to now show them how I'm going to give them more value. What am I going to do to be better than another agent? So, um, yeah, it was just very interesting time. And then, and then when the market started crashing, I actually went back into general real estate. So yeah. I got out of new construction. I mean, those poor new construction onsite agents were rotting out there. And, um, you know, you, I could start seeing it. The writing was coming on the walls. I was seeing that we were just sitting there and people were not showing up to come look at properties anymore. And you could see that the market was turning. That's when I got into short sales and REOs. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the selling a new, new home community, right? You've got the model home. People are coming in. A lot of times it's like people are bored on the weekend. They're like, oh, yeah. let's go like look at some houses. So even eight, like you said, some of the agents would show up. They're like, we don't have to work. But those, there's a lot of customers that I saw that still needed some guidance. They still needed an agent to say like, do you want to write an offer? Or if you do, so now is the time to write an offer. So you've, you've come by, you come by here every few weeks. You actually like one, like, are you just going to walk around forever? Do you want to buy one? They still need somebody to tell them like, Hey, it's okay to do this. Absolutely. Yeah. I made a list. Actually, I have a video on it and I have a list. I'm all about education, especially educating the public, but educating my, my um, agents, I made a list on this on new construction, the questions that you need to ask the on-site agents when you come to the on-site, um, which I can share. I know you always give something in the toolbox. I'm happy to share that. Um, but I always have them ask these questions. And, you know, especially like 
you know, buyers don't know what those contracts say. They don't know what all those fees are. They don't know what, what is, you know, customary for a seller to pay for and a buyer to pay for in a new construction versus a resale. And so that's just educating your client. Um, our biggest thing too, is because I have so much extensive experience at the design center. That's where I, I had a whole thing on like design center woes. So, so many people go to the design center and they overspend, or they don't do the upgrades that are going to help them have resale value down the road. Uh, so there's just so many things that you need to know before you go to new construction. So the, so what year did you transition out of new construction into the short sales scenarios? I think that was 2007, 2007, 2008, right? When things yeah. were really hitting the fan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, 2007 for a new home agent too, you were going to be like short selling out of the model. So it'd be yeah, like, Hey, much. here's our house. Here's our model. Here's what we think the price is, but we yep. also still need our lender to approve it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, and that was a totally different shift for home builders. Instead of being able to say like, it's like, starts like a car lot. Like here's our price and you can have it to where somebody goes, okay, I want it. We go, cool. Let's write this offer. Now I got to go see yeah. if my lender will approve it. Really, really strange times. I don't know if we'll ever see anything like that again. Let's so hope not. Yeah. And when you got into short sales and REOs, what did you, what did you learn about the market there? Or what made you really successful during that time? So I first got into short sales because I wasn't in, in um, resale during that time, which a lot of those agents were going to asset managers and they were going to REO conventions and they were pushing themselves obviously on those asset managers and they were getting those connections. I kind of missed the boat on that, but I felt like I still had an opportunity there. So I went back into exactly what I do and I went back into education. I'm all about educating myself. So I educated myself on the short sale process from start to finish. I found a professional negotiator to work with me um, doing short sales. We even like uh, got certified in a program called short sale buyback. We did TV commercials on it. Um, so I, I threw a lot of money into the marketing of short sales. Plus I ha I'm, I'm very, um, you know, sympathetic, especially to my clients. And I think that's probably been a big um, part of my success over the years, but I felt bad for the people that bought those homes that had spent so much money on them. And then now they were upside down. So that was a, a, obviously a lead source for us, but obviously I tried to, you know, help them also. So we just started doing short sales like crazy. And actually in 2009, I actually went through fertility to have my first son. And I was lucky enough because he could sit on my desk in a rocking chair while I was processing short sales. So it was, it was amazing. It was great for me. Yeah. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui for a quick commercial break. So during 2020 and 2021, the real estate market completely changed. There's so much competition in the market, so many people trying to buy and sell houses, but there's hardly any supply, hardly any product, hardly anyone willing to list their homes. It's time for every agent out there to become a hybrid agent investor to be able to reach out directly to homeowners to try to get them to sell or list their house. We've got a new website. Go to leadpropeller.com and you can set up your own investor buyer website in just minutes. You'll set up your own URL, set up phone numbers, help go through the leads, help reach out to people that aren't listing their, pro their property currently and have them fill out a form that says, hey, I want to sell my house. And then as an agent, you can go through and make them a hybrid offer. You can tell them, hey, I think your house would sell for $220,000 on MLS, but I can either write you a $180,000 cash offer right now, or I can help you fix it up and you'll list it for $220,000 on MLS. These are buyers that are looking for quick cash offers. Tens of thousands are submitting these forms every single day 
and they're skipping the listing process. But so many of you guys out there are such good agents, it's a great opportunity to get that lead and help them maximize sales price for their home. So again, go to leadpropeller.com and think about signing up for your own investor site so buyers will start reaching out to you, asking you to make an offer on their home. At 2009, 2010, just foreclosures like crazy everywhere. I went out to Vegas a couple times to look at one of the, when one of the banks had just gotten taken over uh, by the Fed. There were a bunch of you know development loans in, in Las Vegas. I was working with a group that was trying to bid on them. Yeah, I remember driving through those just ghost town neighborhoods yeah. of some. Sometimes there was one of them had like 40 houses that were all complete and nobody living in any of them. Wow. And I think today it gets pretty surreal. But so you were you were an agent during like you know, heavy competitive times yes. back in 05, 06. Now we're in a, uh, a competitive kind of seller's market. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice do you give to your agents that are buyers right now and how to get, how to get their offer accepted during this time when they're, you know, essentially offering against 10 other people? So I did a list on that too for them. I think it's the 20 or 21 point list of things that they can do to get their offers accepted. And I have to lead by example. So again, even though I don't sell at the rate that I used to, I mean, John and I will close close to 20 million this year between the two of us, but I still do lead by example. So I do get a lot of -of out-of-state referrals. And especially during this hot time, I was coming back to the office and telling them, look guys, I just went up against 15 offers and my offer got accepted. And I'm like, let me show you how, let me show you how I did that. And, you know, I think the biggest thing for agents is they have lost the art of communication and they're so text and email driven that we are still a touch society. We still have to have those personal touches. And I know because we're very listing heavy. So I know what I look for on the listing side. And I will tell you, if I get 15 offers on one of my listings, I'm always going to tell the seller that like, I'm going to, you know, break it down in a spreadsheet, show them what their offers are, but I'm I'm going to also tell them, look, this agent was very communicative. He was um, she gave me the information for the lender. The lender called me or text me. Um, I make my lender give a video text uh, message to the um, agent, to the listing agent. I make sure that we have quick closes. I make sure that we order the appraisal within two business days. That's a huge hangup for a lot of people. Uh, it's, it's just a big list of things that they can do to make their offer stand out. Um, also like sloppiness. I can't stand the sloppiness. And maybe this is the broker in me, but I'll get an offer on one of my listings and it's like 400 attachments. And I'm like, <laughs> it's so simple. Just put it into one PDF put it all there, put a cover letter on it. And then, you know, again, you have to be careful with the fair housing, but you can still say that my buyer is very strong. They have already done their full loan application. They have submitted all their paperwork to the lender that, you know, all these things that you can put in to just make your offer stand out. It's so simple, but it just blows my mind how many, so many people have just lost the touch of it. And maybe it's just bad training for newer agents. I think this is just the way that we've been trained as agents that have been in the business a long time. Yeah. The, to get, there's something about like that relationship that you can have with the listing agent as soon as the offer goes in, especially in, in markets like this, when it wouldn't, when the best offers might just be, Hey, there's three full price identical offers. Yeah. Right. Like it's just, no, there, nobody, nobody went over, nobody went there, but here's three identical ones that on paper are the same. And it's really like, well, what else can we use to select it? And it's like, well, this, this agent will be easy to work with, yeah. and especially investor sellers. Like investor Absolutely. sellers, they they do not like to any sort of like games that happen or slowdowns. Yeah. They want to see who's going to be the simplest 
that's going to get this across the finish line. So any way you can communicate that as an agent of, Hey, I've closed this many of my last deals. Right. And most, most of us know each other because Vegas, and this is probably in any market, but Vegas is like 2% of us do 98% of the business. So we like the top agents all know each other and it's a very like, you know, tight knit community. And, you know, we all have respect for one another. And even though we've had bad deals go down over the years, we always try to stay professional. And so that's something that really helps a lot of my newer agents is because we're helping them through the process. And I'll call the, the agent and I'll say, Hey, it's one of my agents. And they're like, Oh, we know you guys close, you know, your transactions, you have a very, very high close rate. We're going to go with your client. And that just helps, you know, again, it's always the seller's decision at the end of the day. But if you, as the agent are saying, Hey, these people close deals, they communicate with you. Uh, that's just, that's going to set your offer apart. Yeah. I've worked with this one before. I've worked with somebody in that office as they go out. So for a newer agent, that's trying to you know, cause there's, like you said, the top agents all know each other. So yeah. a newer agent that wants to start to be known by these top agents, what advice would you give them? Is there, is there anything they can do that helps them, you know, become, you know, become friends with, with some of you guys or do the outreach to where they're more recognizable next time? Sure. So, I mean, I give the same advice to any agents that come and interview with us on a weekly basis, because we have a brokerage, we do t- take on agents and the way that we work our partner model, which is our, our newer agents, we work it like a team, but instead of getting a team, like, so I tell, I say the big box brokerages, right? So we have several big box brokerages here in Vegas where it's a thousand plus agents, right? So you just get lost in the shuffle. And this is what normally happens. A sales manager will say to you, which we all know that normally sales managers didn't like selling real estate or they weren't successful in real estate, right? Because they're only making about a hundred thousand, you know, plus bonuses to be a sales manager. Why would you do that if you were a top agent, right? Because you can make way more doing that. So we always say that you have to be careful when you go look at those big box brokerages versus us, because we are a boutique, we are a smaller brokerage, and when you get a lot of handholding. So I'm sitting there writing offers with my agents. We go to the listing appointment with them. Um, we do the whole listing process. They get to shadow us during that whole process. So I, my biggest advice to new agents is find a team or someone like a small brokerage where it's led by a broker that has actually been successful in real estate. That's how you're going to learn the business. And that's pretty much what I did when I started. Um, but then, you know, as I kind of went along, I, I did go to those big box brokerages and let me tell you, I was lost in the shuffle and, you know, back then I didn't have coaching. I didn't have all those things. And I really only got into coaching. My first real estate coach was Joshua Smith, who's become a good friend of mine. And that's why I actually became a first class franchise because Ryan Finch, who owns our brokerage, um, was actually Joshua Smith's mentor. So I was introduced to him through Joshua Smith. And uh, so, you know, I was very lucky though to have coaching. So that's another thing that I really give advice to new agents. If you can't afford coaching, find a broker that does have coaching that's going to give you that support that you need. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Abuchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. And I know, I know you guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors, but this is one that I'm actually super, super excited with. You know, so many of the realtors that we interview on the show, they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important. And I'm really, really excited about our new sponsor. There's somebody I've been looking at 
for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Bob. You know, on an interview last week with Agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was. And he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So there's a lot of superstars out, out there that use Follow Up Boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US. He uses Follow Up Boss to get a 400% ROI on his massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses Follow Up Boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses Follow Up Boss to automate everything so his team can produce 200 million on 25 hour work weeks. All right, so here's an offer. You guys are gonna get this special for being Real Estate Rockstars listeners. Now I've, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing, and what do, what do you know, best name ever, Follow Up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. All right, everybody, thanks again. Now back to our show. Yeah. Coaching and mentors and like masterminds is something that we've totally see just jumpstart success for people to go from, you know, from a hundred to from anything. It's just totally like throwing gas on anything. You were just on the cover of a magazine out there for agents. What what was the, it was something like that, right? What's the real producers, real producers magazine. We were just on the cover of, and that was a huge honor because they only pick 11 because the 12th ep- or the 12th uh, magazine for the year is like a recap of everybody. And yeah. it was a very cool event. It's actually a magazine you don't pay to be in. So I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, a big clarification on there, yes. right? You're like, Hey, cause there's plenty of things out there that people post out and we're like, is that legit or not? Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny because my dad is a big mentor to me because he's such a good business owner. And like the first award I actually got was in 2013. I made top 25 women in real estate. And the women that got that award were ballers in Vegas. I mean, I was literally like, who, me? And the first thing my dad said to me was, how much money do they want? Yeah. (laughs) What are they going to charge you to get in Yeah, And I was like, actually, they're not charging me any money, dad. They're going to give me a trophy. He's like, he's like, well, you have to pay for the trophy then. I'm like, no, I don't have to pay for any of it. (laughs) Oh, funny. Just being suspicious. So let's, let's look back 2019 where you, so you had your brokerage back then, but you're probably doing a lot more volume yourself or what, what was your volume like 2019? Yeah, I think we were probably around, I'd have to look back at those numbers, probably like the more 30 million range. But so I will tell you, I have not been a numbers girl, which is probably my downfall, which is why I sought out to, well, we when I switched over to first class real estate, 
Ryan is so about the numbers and, you know, all of our tracking systems now, now we use Brokermint. Everything has a, you know, tracking system in it. I can see exactly how many transactions we have. I can see how much volume we have. I'm looking at the office. We also use um, Salesforce. Uh, so a lot of programs that I did not have, but 2019, I'm trying to remember back actually 2019, I had a little, so we moved, we moved into a large, large office and we did start the um, process of really trying to build the brokerage. And I will tell you in 2012, when I started my own brokerage, I actually did not want agents coming on. I actually started the broker because I got burnt by my old broker stole a $2 million listing from me. And so wow. I was like, this is the push I need to go get my broker license. And I passed it on the first try and I opened my own brokerage. And I literally just hung it at an intelligent office. And I actually took one agent with me from that company who begged me to come with me. So I was like, all right, fine, but I'm not going to handhold you. And she was experienced, right? So in 2019, yeah, 2018, 2019, we really started like the whole recruiting process and bringing on the agents and working through that. What I found is that we really lacked value. Even though I knew how to sell real estate, I knew how to teach people how to sell real, sell real estate. I had a hard time stepping out of production and I had a hard time instilling value. Whereas now our brokerage is two models. We have our brand new agents, like I said, are like our on our team and the partner agents. And then our entrepreneur agents are hundred percent agents. Okay. But now we offer brokerment, KV Core, Move Easy, um, you know, tickets at work, all these things, as well as first class university. Uh, today we had a, you know, a training on Tony Robbins. We there's just a lot of corporate support. And we jo joined first class last year, and we were one of five agents. We're at 68 franchise or franchisees. We're one of five. I think we're at 68 franchisees now. Wow. So yeah. then let's, let's just talk the journey then the last couple of years, right? So then 2020, what was real estate like when kind of the world shut down in Vegas and um, it was shut down everywhere, but it especially shut down in Vegas. Yes. And how did you like lead your team, your company? What was that like? And then what are you guys focused on now? So during that time, luckily we did not have a lot of agents. It was really just John and I, and okay. we had, I think we had like 6 million in escrow in March when that all hit. Okay. We only lost one escrow and it was only because it was a bartender that lost his job was new construction and fell out. We had some really high end escrows during that time. And, you know, I kind of was skeptical. I was like, Oh, this is, you know, not going to happen all these things. And, but we did start adjusting. And I will tell you, I kind of went back to what I always do. I got into education again. I just started learning new things. I started educating myself. And then in that summer, we actually transferred over to first class uh, real estate. So that was a really good time because it wasn't like too crazy of a time with real estate. It was a good time for us to transition and learn all these new systems and processes. And let me tell you, there's been some you know successes and there's been some fails with anything new that you do, right? And so we're really learning like you know the onboarding process and you know getting them on board with corporate and getting all their billing put in place and all those things that agents don't normally have to think about. I am now obviously having to do that. Uh, so, you know, and we're like hovering around 25 agents and, you know, people come, they go, uh, get out of the business. A lot of people got licensed in real estate and thought it was going to be super easy and unicorns and gumdrops and it wasn't. And, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. You have to have 
thick skin as a broker because you have to know that you're going to get agents that come and you're going to get agents that go. And um, so it's been a really, really good ride for us. But obviously this summer, 2021 summer was bonkers. And so it was riding the wave. And you know, Vegas, if you know, the, the rest of the nation doesn't know this Vegas was one of the top, like they, they track moving trucks and things like that. It was one of the top places to relocate to. I also got very, very heavy into YouTube, uh, video even more. I actually have a film degree. So that's my background is film. So for me, video is fine. And I did journalism as well. I love video. I'm all about it. I'm all about video for my agents. Um, if you look us up, we do a ton of video and I'm teaching that to my agents as well. Not all of them want to do it, but I'm trying to get them to step out of their comfort zone and do it. Um, but that was a huge part of COVID because guess what we were doing? Virtual open houses. So yeah. virtual showings, virtual open houses, KV Core gave us the ability to do that. And it's an amazing platform. So expensive to have for a brokerage. And that's something that uh, first class was able to give to us and we're able to give to our agents for free. So I really am big into KV core. And I actually learned that from Joshua Smith, like over 10 years ago, that's what he was using. And I was like, I really need a top website, a top CRM, a top IDX search site. And I've left it multiple times. I've never found anything like it. So I really instill that in my agents. It's very, very important that people have the technology. That's, I think a lot of agents are missing that, that, that part. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui with a quick commercial break. Now you've been listening, you've been waiting, and now the big Rent Ready mystery can be revealed. Rent Ready just launched rental property accounting for landlords. It's so new, I haven't even got a chance to check it out yet. Now you can easily connect your rental properties from Rent Ready to an accounting software created specifically for landlords with Rent Ready's newest partner, REI Hub. Now I've used a lot of payment processing systems in the past, and it's always been a challenge even asking them to generate APIs so it can talk to our existing systems. And they're really, any software that collects payments doesn't make it very easily to do that. But now with Rent Ready, you can automatically transfer properties and charges from your Rent Ready profile. You can track your income and expenses with matching rules and payment templates to speed up your bookkeeping. View your profit and loss or cash flow by property or unit. Get your portfolios, balance sheet, schedule ease, and more. Guys, we're so excited about this. And here's something even more exciting. As always with Rockstars, you get a special, special opportunity. If you're not currently using Rent Ready, you can sign up using our special code Rockstar50 and get 50% off your Rent Ready subscription. Once you set up your properties, you can add rental property accounting as a premium feature. If you're currently using Rent Ready, go check out the new accounting features designed to save you time and money while you manage your business. And remember, it's Rent Ready with an I at the end. R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I dot com. Thanks for listening. Go check them out. Yeah. The, the extra part of what, what is the tech that, that gets to help you? I love that 18 years in, right? Like, and, and it, for all of our businesses, for everybody, you know, the, the COVID 2020, we all had to like rethink our businesses. What yes. were they going to look like? And the, I, I, I have a bunch of businesses and one of them has like com- completely with our volume went, you know, to nearly nothing. Yeah. Right. Uh, since then. And, and I don't know if it'll come back, you know, the buying foreclosures market won't come back. Luckily we had plenty of other businesses too, but being willing to relearn and go, okay, what's, what do I need to know now? Like you're yeah. a broker, you know, you're getting ready. And it's been right after that you switched over, like you said, great time to switch over end of 2020 because um, stuff was picking up, demand yeah. was picking up, but it wasn't necessarily easy to get activity. 
No. Right. So you're like, let's get ready. And then you really set the stage for this last year and, and getting all those agents in. So what would you say? Um, so now you've had a, a bonkers year. What would you say really is the reason you've been so successful over this last year? So it's definitely a myriad of things. And looking at my lead sources, it is a myriad of things. Obviously, I'm lucky because I've been in the real estate game for a long time. I guess that's not luck, right? You, you work right. in something long enough, you just you do get lucky, but it's not luck. And then I definitely am big into mailers. And I do something like a location domination, basically. <clears throat> I do a newsletter. We just sent out 14,000 uh, newsletters. Um, I time to Facebook groups. I do ads. Um, all these things are tied together. Um, and we definitely dominate in one specific area. We also have an open house team doing open houses in that area. So it's kind of like the movie. I always tell my agents this, and I tell this to some people and they're like, what, what are you talking about? You ever seen the movie focus with Will Smith where yeah. he's trying to get him to know that number. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get them to remember that name, remember, you know, our company. And so I want them to say, I see them everywhere. It's so funny because someone came in our office there day and they go, I know you, even though I've never met you, I see you everywhere. And I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah, you come up on my Facebook stories. You came or come up on my reels. You come up on all my stuff. And I think it's just obviously being that presence and getting out there with social media. I've always been big into social media. Social media is one of my huge, huge income sources. And we are lucky because we're in Vegas. So we do get a lot of transplants here from all over the nation. I have a ton of um, agents from all over the nation as a nation wide network of agents in different groups that I know, and they always refer me. So I'm so blessed that they think of me to refer me. You know, if I see something posted in a group, I'll see my name like, you know, 10 times referred as an agent in Vegas, which I'm, I'm blessed to have that. But we're very strategic about the way that we work with our out-of-state referrals. I'm also very mindful to pay people out immediately. I'm the broker owner. You're going to get paid quickly. I'm going to give you updates throughout the process because there's nothing worse than sending a referral out and never knowing where the heck your check is or if your client ever got serviced. You know, first and foremost, did your client get serviced? So we're really big about that. Um, and, you know, that word ties in with KV Core too, is, you know, making sure that these people are on, you know, great search, a uh, search criteria, email, relocation guide, videos about the area, all the things that they would need to know about moving to Vegas. So it's definitely, I always try to say that um, our services don't stop at the closing table. If someone calls me and says, hey, I need an electrician, I'm like, what time can I send them over? So it's, it's all about just giving that extra service, you know, like the Nordstrom experience. You don't want the Walmart experience. You want the Nordstrom experience. And I'm lucky because I've been able to work in a very high price point. Uh, so that's good. I'll take anything. I mean, like we just closed a $220,000 condo and we're going to, we just closed 1.3 million last week. So, I mean, you know, we'll do any, everything. Actually, they closed in the same week. So people will say to me, I know you don't do low end. No, I'll do low, low end all day long. It's funny because sometimes those are harder than the high end. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, that's, that's definitely like, you know, pretty much the long and short of, you know, what we've done though, during this time and the way that everything has morphed. Um, but education is huge to me. And I just, I'm, I, I'm a student of life. I'm listening to podcasts all the time. I'm reading books. I'm, you know, always trying to be, get in new courses, even though I'm like, Hey, I could probably teach this course, but I'm like, if I came away with one nugget, then it was totally worth my money and my time. Yeah. So, so if you've got any of your new agents that come to you and so social media is a big part of what you do, like you said, yeah. and, and I mean, the, the goal of marketing is that someone gets to say, Hey, I know you, right. They yeah. feel like they know you. If they see you somewhere, they'll go, where do I know her from? 
where do I know that? That's Ashley, but I don't remember where I know her from, right? Yeah. Like be getting it out there. So your agent says, hey, how do I get started in social media? Where's the first place you tell them to start? Like if they just need kind of that first push down the hill, yeah. Um, where do you tell them to start? So I'm a big Facebooker. Cause that was my, and it was hard for me to get into Instagram. I have not really touched TikTok yet because I really feel like you, whatever you're going to do for social media, first of all, you have to find your audience. Okay. So my audience, I'm 43 years old. My audience is that 40 something family. That's who resonates with me that have children that, you know, have kids that probably go to school that want a single family home in this area. That's, those are my peeps, right? So I'm finding them obviously on Facebook. You'll find usually more men on Facebook sometimes than you will women because women are going to be a little bit more on Instagram. So I, that was my next source that I did add. So Facebook and Instagram are my big ones and I've linked my account. So they do post to both, but Facebook is my go-to. So I'm telling my agents, you've got to be posting every day. You've got to be posting something inspirational. You've got, or educational, inspirational, educational, personal and business. I've really pulled away over the years from so much business. You won't see me bragging about the homes I've sold. You won't see me bragging about how great I am. You're going to see me more giving information to people about the buying or selling process, information to agents, or you're going to see a lot of personal. And I do put a lot of my personal stuff on there. I mean, I just got like 150 comments on my cat post the other day, (laughs) but does that help my analytics in Facebook? Heck yeah, it does. So, you know, people resonate with personal posts more than they do with business, but then you got to give them, you slide in that little, oh yeah, remember I sell real estate. Okay. Cause again, know you like you trust you. So they're going to like me because they like my posts. They're going to get, you know, resonate with me. And if they don't like me, then they're not my, you know, avatar anyways. So I want to attract people that are going to like working with me. It's such a good, like quick lesson there in the way that Instagram and Facebook works, even the analytic portion. So it doesn't matter what the post is, right? If if there is some post that gets a lot, a controversial post that gets a lot of comments and a lot of questions and a lot of likes and a lot of shares or a picture of your kid doing something where a lot of people like it, comment, share it. The next day, more people will get pushed to your page, period you know, for that real estate post. And so um, letting people understand that, that any sort of activity, I guess, I guess there's probably some negative activity that doesn't help, but the, but activity toward a kid picture or a cat post is going to help uh, you on the rest of your real estate picks getting, getting picked up. So we've got a few more minutes. The, I wanted to, so you have some stuff for the toolbox. You said that were like some tips that some of our people will be able to go to. And for new listeners, if you go to hybendigital.com, and we've got a toolbox there where you could sign up where every one of our guests puts something in there that helps them with their business. Ashley, what was what was some of the stuff you were thinking for that? So I'll give you um, the new construction questions that I give my agents to ask. And I think that's a really, really important one because so many agents don't know what to do when they go to new construction. Mm-hmm. We actually do a, a walk with, with the agents showing them what to do because I have a lot of friends that still work in new construction that I used to work with. Uh, I'll give them, I think it's 20 or 21 points. I've got it as an, a Canva template where you can do with things that you can do to try to get your offers accepted. 
Okay. And then I'll put the links to, to my um, new construction video. I actually just did a couple of videos for agents. Cause remember I'm kind of like, you know, I put the brakes on a little bit. I'm doing more recruiting stuff. So I'm doing a lot of value add for agents now. So I did a couple of videos on like, you know, five things that agents need to know, you know, on social media. And, and that's funny because that's one that a lot of people have said have come up on their, on their feed. Cause we broke it up into, you know, five different videos. And then I just did another one, um, with seven tips as well. So I'll put all those links for those videos in there. If it it happens to help anybody that's in real estate, but it really gives them some tangible things to do. You know, one of my big things I tell people with social media, that's a huge miss is that people go out and do these like fancy photo shoots and, you know, they're trying to look all like glamorous and amazing, but For me, that is a huge miss. And all the experts in social media will tell you the same because people want to resonate with you. If you look perfect, they don't want to work with perfect. They want to work with imperfect because we are imperfect, right? So that's where you're going to get that like factor. So posting the things that are a little bit more kitschy or funny. We just did a photo shoot with one of my top agents and you know, her and I did a whole thing on like we support each other as women, even though we're competitors in real estate, we support each other and we're a high five in each other. And so many people commented on that photo because it wasn't me standing there trying to be glamorous in a model. It was me trying to give, you know, some tips to people that it doesn't have to be a competitive industry, help each other, work with each other and support each other in the real estate industry. And I think that's a lot, that's a lot of lost art for sure. It's gotten really cutthroat over the years. Yeah, I love that. So the so agents are going to want to reach out to you, Ashley. They're going to want to ask about your brokerage. They're they're going to want to you know see how to build. They're going to have questions about how to build up uh, their their social media and all sorts of different stuff. And probably you'll have some out of state referrals because there are so many people moving out to Vegas. It's my favorite home away from home right now. I go out there almost yeah. every month to go play. What? Uh, how should people find you? So uh, you can reach out to us. Our uh, website is yourvegashomesearch.com is our website. And you can call me at 702-281-1198. We love out-of-state referrals. John and I are partnership. We work with them still. And I absolutely, I'd love to talk to you know new agents. Um, we just did a full buyer presentation for our agents, which is a Canva template that they can edit. I'm always giving them value. We're, we're putting together a newsletter that they can edit every month. First class gives us a ton of templates for social media. Um, it's just value, value, value. And, and I feel like that's kind of what the way that the brokerage way is going to go. You know, we have a lot of these remote brokerages now, and if you have a brick and mortar brokerage, what is your value value add? Ours is culture. So you come in, you meet with us, you get a, you know, resonate with the other agents. I have two new agents just, just started and they've already paired up together and they're going to start doing open houses together. I said, I love that. I said, you know what, you guys, this is not competition. This is helping each other, support each other. And, you know, and and then it's just getting the education. So we're doing weekly meetings where I go over stuff. I take advice from the agents, but I'm always giving them something like, what do you guys need to be working on? This is what you need to do with social media. Yesterday we did KV core best practices. We did scripts, even though I'm not into scripts, I think they're really cheesy and salesy. Some people they work for, they don't work for me. For me, I'm all about getting to know the person. So if I get on the phone with someone, I'm getting to know you. What are your needs? What are your wants? How can I solve your problem? And that's what I teach the agents. So we go through like all the scenarios of like when you're talking to people, how you're helping them, how you're finding out about them. Uh, We went through open houses, what you need to do for your open houses. I have a checklist of everything they need for open houses. I'm kind of a checklist. This girl, have you noticed that? 
Hey, that's how you teach. That's how you, that's how you can lead. There's, there's yeah. so much the, I love that as any operational stuff we do for any of my businesses, right? Yeah. Like having the checklist, you don't skip a step because most of business really is not complicated, but it takes work and effort. It's like, yeah. here is the formula. And if you follow this formula, it works. And if you skip a couple steps on the formula, the outcome could be drastically different. Yeah. Right. And the, uh, yeah, so much of, so much of, of success is those checklists is the, the formula for yeah, how Josh, it- Joshua Smith taught me that years ago. He's like the systems processes guy. He says, you know, if you want to take yourself out of got a minute guy, you say it's in the, I have already made it. It's there. It's already in the system. Right. And, you know, then I have to give a shout out to, to Krista Mayshore. I, I was one of, you know, the first few agents that started in her program. Um, I think it was like three years ago, three or four years ago, yeah. I met an amazing network of women that I still talk to daily and um, they push, they're better than me. They're, they're, they're so much more successful than me. And I'm always looking to them to see how I can be better. But Krista really taught me to level up my marketing game. And, and that's really, really huge too. So I got more of like the analytical side with Joshua and I got the more marketing side with Krista. And it's a perfect marriage because we wear so many hats in real estate. And if you got into real estate thinking that you didn't, then you need to hire some really good support staff. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of hats you wear. So you've got to have that great training. That's going to teach you all those things that you need to know. Yeah. We've had Krista on the podcast with, and several of, of the ladies like you that have been part of kind of her coaching and her mastermind. And it's, it's great to hear how, how well you guys are pushing marketing right now in this new world. So yeah. I think the listeners have gotten a lot of out of a lot of this podcast. I think they've learned a lot from you today um, about what's going on. I'm sure they're going to get some of your toolbox stuff and I'm sure they're going to reach out to you. So on behalf of all my listeners, I want to say thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Aaron. I appreciate you having me. And real estate rock stars. Thanks for listening. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.